Beth Silver. Is, do you want me to just introduce myself? Go for it. Okay. Hi, I'm Beth Silver. Um, I, uh, I'm the managing director of Dubai Consulting. We are a marketing and PR consulting firm that works with entrepreneurs and small business owners. I've been in business for almost 20 years. Um, and also, I'm a special needs parent as well as a regular parent, but I'm, I have two children. One of my sons has special needs, and I've really... Um, taken my business over the last at least seven years where I've always worked with different businesses and, and schools and, and nonprofits. But now that I have a, a son with special needs, my lens has really grown. And I, I work also with businesses on how to be more accessible to families such as myself and really, um, really help those parents who don't understand the the very complicated process of working with the schools within the, the New York area. And I try to give them the energy to keep on going and, and advocate for their kids. So that, that's who I am. Welcome. Hi. Question for you. You say that you work in the New York area, but my question to you is, I have a lot of correspondence with people or with children who have ADHD special needs in other states. Due to your expertise, do you feel that you can benefit people outside of New York? Yes. I mean, I think, you know, where parents call me for help is really how to learn about my experiences with the with the Board of Ed and the lawyers that I've hired and things like that. But yes, you know, as far as talking with families or working with businesses outside New York, 100%. You know, I think understanding how to, I, I've positioned the company as a target advocate that we are um, we are advocating on behalf of your target market. So if you're a business that's looking to target, um, you know, all families, but specifically families with special needs, um, I'm able to, yes, without a doubt, be able to help that. But, you know, within the New York area is really parents who have reached out going, Beth, I'm so scared. I don't know what to do. Or is this therapy working? And then I talk to them as a, as a mother from my experience, you know, um, and, and, and utilizing the different things, because it's very scary. But as a business owner, and as a consultant and a strategist, oh yeah, I have clients everywhere, um, and really are able to, to help them be, you know, understand you know, the need for social stories, and the need for you know, how sound handles a business, or even tone of voice, or, or programming and curriculum, and how, and how to do that. You know, there's nothing better than when I have one client that is a physical therapist, and then we talk about you know, just how the therapy she does with children and adults and, and going from there. And then I have a client that's a, a science STEAM program and our programming and how we work with from pre-K to adults and college admissions and, and just understanding that and teaching parents how to be less scared about science. In that case, you don't need to be a special needs parent, but it's better to really understand, you know, the market and what you're doing. And that's, that's what I do. And, and I only have fun. If I don't have fun, I can't help you. <laughs> I asked that question too, Beth, because you have a lot of people who don't know what their rights are as parents and a lot of people that have a problem navigating with school systems, um, with IEPs, 504s, and then knowing what disability services are and all that. So you said that and you answered that and you talk about how you talk about the education aspect and as a parent. So more of a professional and peer support all at the same time. Well, I, I'm very cautious and very honest that every state has different has different needs. And I call my lawyer when I don't know. So the first thing I always tell people outside of anything is, you know, consult an advocate, consult a lawyer. And I can give you my experiences and I can give you my own understanding. But the last thing that I would ever want to do is have someone say, especially from a legal perspective, you know, you know, this was the law. I'm very cautious 
about, because every state is different, but I'm also very honest saying, you know, you must advocate, you must put everything in writing. This is my experience. How can we help you? And, and how, here are the tools that I use. Because there isn't a adequacy of parents um, that I've been able, I didn't, I didn't know who to call. And I didn't know, and I was having a really hard time. And when I lost my, my mind and cried, I was doing the best I could. And, you know, there's a lot of parents who are doing the best they could and are afraid to communicate that they have a child with special needs and are afraid to, um, you know, they're, they're nervous. They're hiding their children. They're hiding themselves and they're very lonely. So I, I really am so proud of my family and what my children, what my child and my, my elder son has been able, and my husband, you know, how we're able to be supportive, but it's no way easy. So if I can help a family better understand just from my own personal experience, reach out. And, um, and that's where families have called me and said, you know, you know, can I hire you for a few minutes just to help me figure out the plan? Or this is what my lawyer said, what do you think? Or, or they want me to go into the IEP meeting by myself, what do you think? How would I do it? Um, I need I need a pep talk. That stuff I'm I feel very comfortable doing. And if it's your business, oh, that's not a question. But um, but that's what I've realized is there's lots of educational consultants who are amazing and qualified, and and know the schools. And then there are you know amazing lawyers of every price point out there, which um, and add free advocacy groups and seminars and stuff. But there isn't this. There's a very you know. I only know the New York metro area, there is a support system and it grows and everyone is so caring and helpful. I want to make sure that people know that if they need help, I'm here and I get it. And it's hard. It's hard to run a business when you have a special needs child. It's hard to wake up in the morning. It's hard to get that kid to school. I mean, this morning, my first conversation was with the Office of Pupil Transportation because I forgot to pick my kid up from school, you know, and um, or take him home from school. And that's the point. You know, it's, it's understanding that as a parent, neurotypical or special needs you're, uh, who's running a business, your brain is never stopping. You're using those apps. And if you don't know what the apps are, I will tell you what they are because I'm using them all. And, um, and that's the point. It's not to, years ago, we were so afraid. You know, parents never told, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I think that's the part about you know, I'm proud that I'm a special needs parent. I really am. I think my kid is amazing. And I think the world, what he's taught me is amazing. And, you know, he didn't sleep for seven years. For seven years, the kid never slept through a night. And this month, he slept 93% of the month of September. I got to tell you something. I'm so happy. But what did I, what did I lose? What did he gain? He got lots of Lego minifigures. What did my husband and I gain? 93% of the month of September, we slept without anybody waking us, you know, but it took seven years. <laughs> so, you know, running a business in that, you see a different lens. You have a different amount of empathy for clients. Um, I, I am so empathetic and I've learned like through the different therapies that I've done for my children, whether it be, you know, DBT, ABA, you know, whatever, CBT, CBT, whatever it is, I've learned those and I help my clients, you know, so, cause as we all know, as business owners, everybody has something going on. You know, nothing is perfect, whether it be their family life, their marriage, their finances, whatever it is. And I, I specifically say to my, my clients, you know, I just learned this, I, you know, and, I'm, and I see my lens differently every year, you know, um, because I want my clients to have more fun. I want them to build better businesses um, because I want them to, you know, give things better. So anyway, there you go. <laughs> Lots of, I have fun. I have fun. 
not just fun. I get passion. Um, that's what I get from you. And it's, it's something that a lot of people are left in the dark and alone. And so your services are definitely needed. And, um, you know, it's I, funny. It's funny you say that. I would say ninety percent of the time, I am hired because of my passion that I see in somebody else's business. Because I can see in my brain how to grow someone's business with tangible results immediately. So, if, mm -hmm. so as you guys are talking about your businesses, I could be like, "Have we tried this? Have we done this? What about this?" Because to me, it's a natural. You know, I want to say hi that I get by building other people's businesses. And that, we went, I, went, brought a, I went to the White House with a client and watching her at the White House with President Obama speaking about her business and she had a picture of her mother with her who had passed away. And I sat with her and, and I said, oh my gosh, look at this, look at this. You know, and, and it was just, you know, how did it affect the business? It helped with credibility, it didn't help with sales. What did I expect? I expected more sales. but being in the White House and being watching all of this stuff happening and watching this, this Haitian American woman be at the White House with children on her business, we did it as a, as a fluke. You know, it was the White House Student Film Festival. We, fought, we, we uh, shot the stuff on our iPhones. You know, we then, you know, we made it, the kids made a script and we won. You don't try, you don't know, but going to, you know, it's, you never know where that journey is going to take you. So, and yes, passion is why people hire me. <laughs> Ladies, do you guys have any comments for Beth? Am I, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, sorry, I, like between, I'm on my phone, so the little screen <laughs> is making it difficult. Beth, I'm over on Long Island, hey. Uh, where? Where <laughs> are Oyster you? Bay. Oyster Bay. I'm from Merrick. Okay. All right. So I was like, wait a second. I'm a New York girl. This is exciting. So um, your educational marketing, can you tell me, because I'm in education, I have spent the past 20 years teaching as a professor at college. I just transitioned to owning my own business very recently. Can you tell me what it is in educational marketing that you actually do? Like, who do you work with? Yeah. What's your business? Oh, okay. Okay. So well, <laughs> oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait. So what I do? No, is, no, no. You go. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. so basically, I started my career in television. Like, I, I, I started at USA Network, and I ran, you know, in the 1980s. Um, believe it or not, like, you know, the, the USA Network Kids Club, and then I would do all their consumer promotions, and then I, I went and I was the brand manager of a school uniform company called French Toast, and I would go around the country and I would talk about the benefits of school uniforms and marketing them to kids and parents if they wanted to have uniforms. It didn't matter to me if they chose. But if they did, what was the right decision? And then throughout the last 20 years, I've been working with businesses that, that target families and kids. And, about, and, and I started this business because I was always helping a friend with their business. I always had a job, but I was always helping a friend, whether it be the school uniform guys who I met at Club Med or it was this guy or this guy. So what I realized was that these businesses who are targeting families, and that's what they're, they're, they're either, you know, they're either art companies or birthday party companies or books or um, STEM programs or um, programs that target school districts so that we're, you know, um, at enrollment analytics businesses, you name it. I would help create the marketing and PR plans for these businesses and how we executed it correctly. And, and that's really how it, how it began. And I, and I was able to see as I became a parent, 
Um, were they hitting the Common Core standards? Were they doing this? How were we becoming, you know, a stronger business? To say, were we doing enrichment programs? How are we doing this? It really changes. Um, it, you know, a lot of after-school programs call me now because it's, that's the business. But when I would go to the National School Board Association show and I would talk about school uniforms and I would do, there's such a different level of understanding, you know, public service within how schools work. The private school, um, you know, an independent school market is really, really important and how those families work. Um, as I said, I have a son with special needs and one of the things that I, I do is I, I work on the PR initiatives for the school in which my son works with, not because um, because I want families to know that the New York Police Department is working to families with autism to better teach kids and what to do and and you name it and and that's what I do you know I think um, a lot with colleges businesses will call me this is my favorite part hi I have an idea for a business I want to do this they'll call me and I'll be like you should not go in that business you will fail you will do this and not because I want them to because they don't their business model isn't done their business plan isn't done but they're not seeing it and you know on Long Island where you are it's so i i've i've worked with a lot of the jccs there um you know and working on their programming and stuff like that and between you know the localized neighborhoods that you have that long island has and how niche it is how you know i also do pr which no small business uh firm really did 20 years ago because no one wants to do PR for a, a small business because, you know, PR, well, how do you do that? And PR to me is a form of marketing. So I bought the same tools as everybody else. Has. But when I pitch a story to a reporter, I say, look, this is what they're doing. And I say to you know, so for you, whatever your business might be is look at the grand span, you know, see what it's about, look at your pack, but that's how I do it. And, um, yeah, I'm, it's, it's, I, I'm out there. I literally am like, I, I'll say you're too afraid. Let's get a napkin. Let's go. Let's start a napkin. Let's get, you know, and that's really, you know, what we do is what can we handle? I mean, I, have, well, I had one client who was in the process of getting divorced this summer or, and, um, and, she, and we were in the middle of really launching like a part of her business. And I said, we're done. Go take care of this. Go get a lawyer. I'll talk to you whenever I, we're not, I'm not touching anything. And my job really was just to be supportive to help her and now we're ready to really grow her business but i can't you know i have to be honest that everybody all of us have have a shtick you know we all have something going on and um as you can see i'm a true new yorker and um and that's it you know it's i you know it's it's what it is yeah my my clients in the south are like what is that but um but that's it you know it really is um if your business is true and you really have the passion and really the understanding that's how we grow it. And that's why I just, you know, it's funny to watch education, you know, kid focused businesses because, um, you know, people look at it so differently and they don't take it seriously, but there's a lot of power in those businesses. And that's where people are like, Oh, Oh, I didn't know. You know? Yeah. And, and I look at and you're an influencer. If people know that you target, um, children's businesses, they will want you to target them. So. I hope I answered your question without babbling. <laughs> you did, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Nigella, you have any questions? I don't, I'm just enjoying learning so much about Beth. <laughs> I can feel her enthusiasm and that's awesome. <laughs> 
but I, it's funny, you know, I have so many of like the testimonials that people have written about me and my company. And it's so much like, yes, it's what, I, but it's about my passion that I realized. Yeah. You know, it's infectious, but it's real. I want you to succeed. Yeah. It's so, and if I don't, and I'll tell you, if I don't feel you, if I don't feel that connection, I'll so find you another person to work with, with gladly. I will hand that off because I, it, this is too personal. Your business. Yeah. That's the difference maker too, when it's real, you know? Oh, I have, I have one entrepreneur that I work with. I've worked with him for about oh, 16, 17 years. And, and I, and he has this conference that he does for entrepreneurs and this and that. And I've, and, and I said to him, I said, you are, people hire you for you. So this is what you have to offer that's different. And he's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I look forward to learning about you guys. All right, speaking of that, let's go ahead to Angela. Can you tell us about yourself, your business, and how you got started? For sure. My name is Nodula Thompson, and Sorry, it's Nodula. Of course, you already know in the South, we pronounce everything just a little different, you know? <laughs> You've got to put your Opelousas twang on it, and it becomes Nodula. <laughs> but I am a certified lifestyle business mentor and coach. I'm also a real estate brokerage owner of 19 years that I've worked for myself. I am married for 25 years. I'm so excited about that. I'm the mother of two female entrepreneurs, one a 21-year-old daughter who has a bakery chain and a 23-year-old daughter who opened her own bridal shop at 18 years old. So we're all about female entrepreneurship. And what I do is uh, I did this for a hobby for too many years of my life. And then finally, about four years ago, I formalized this as yet another one of my many businesses because I'm a delusional optimist and a serial entrepreneur all at once. And so uh, in what I do as a coach, I teach, um, I like to say visionaries, dreamers, and creatives. That's who I'm drawn to. And I teach them how to connect to the people that are going to help them to grow their business. I teach them how to brand their business, how to um, make that brand beautifully recognized and live a profitable lifestyle business. That is awesome. And I also, Anika, I've got um, a Facebook group. I don't know if you got a chance to visit over in the community. No, I have not. Can you tell the listeners about it? I sure will. It's the Live Your Biz community on Facebook. I opened that in about March this year, I think, and there's now almost 600 um, female business owners from everywhere in the world, and we come in there and just support one another. There's awesome camaraderie. I'm in there um, three to five days a week just teaching basic principles that I've learned over, like I said, the last 20 years of owning multiple businesses at this point. So I was going to say, um, the amazing part is the multiple businesses, but the also amazing part was raising entrepreneurs. And, you know, a lot of women talk about the fact of reaching the younger generation of reaching our girls, our teens. And that was what stuck out to me was that you said that you have raised two female entrepreneurs. How in the world did you do that? That was a surprise to me, I'll be honest, because being that they were raised in an entrepreneur household, they always said, 
I will never work for myself. I want a job because a job is easy. <laughs> and so I guess at about around 12 years old each, they both started to, I guess, be a little more keen on what their talents were, what their aptitudes were, and what their real place in the service was to this body that we live in called the world. And so um, at about 12 each, they both started getting into what were their natural talents. One of my daughters, the one that is 23, who's had this bridal shop, she's going on seven years now, but she, um, just one day she watched, what's this little uh, Jennifer Lopez um, show, The Wedding Planner? She watched that show and she said, you know, she's always loved love. She loves everything about love. And she looks over and she says, I think I want to open a bridal boutique. And so, you know, my husband and I were like, oh, okay, well, you know, pray about it. And if it's meant for you to do, then things will unfold themselves for you. And sure enough, in her 11th grade year of high school, she opened a brick and mortar. And I worked it part-time while she worked part-time. She finished her high school credits earlier and got right in. And, and now she has that alongside of, she launched this year, a content creation boutique for social media management. And then the baby girl, the 21-year-old, she's been baking since she was about 10. And she started baking for hire at about 13 years old. And I just needed her to get out of my house. I just couldn't have the bakery in my house much longer. And so that led to her graduating from high school. I want to say both those girls graduated with over 4.0 GPAs and an average score on the ACT of like 29 or something crazy. But anyways, they just um, kind of grew in late into their entrepreneurial burn because they really said they would never work for themselves. It just shows how much um, influence we have over our children and the community. And so regardless of what they said, it showed what you have, you know, put into action in your house and, and your effect on them, you know, and, and your path and your vision and how it's instilled in your children. So to me, that's what I get. Like, I don't, I don't know personally, but I can only imagine what your life, what your journey and what your path has brought to the people that you serve in addition to your light shining on your kids. So I just, I commend you because I know that has to be hard. I have two daughters and we haven't gotten that far yet. So the fact that you got that far and steering them in that direction, congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. They're just definitely the, the better parts of anything that I could have ever created. So we're awful proud of them. That is awesome. Ladies, do you guys have it's any comments? Because I think one thing that I realized as a mom is that, especially a mom to daughters, is that some of the things that they, that you stand for, they may seem totally opposite. They may not seem drawn towards it. But it's so important that we are those examples for our daughters because, you know, I would have never thought this would be their story. And now we're doing things that allow us to work more together, we're traveling together and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So I would have never called it though. I also heard the way that you talked about their individual gifts. And that's something that, you know, um, the comparison game is something that's very hard for women and girls, you know, constantly comparing ourselves to how other people look, how other people think, and what we think the world thinks that we should do. 
And so you, you hit on all the things that I talk about that I want listeners to understand. It's like, you know, you can, you can tailor your own gift and make a business. You can, you, you, you're not too young to start. You know, if you, you saw these gifts in your kids early on and saw their passion and you, you groom them into who they are as young women. And to, to do that at such an early stage of them having their own identity as teenagers and girls and now women, that's the key because I have a 13 year old and an eight year old and my 13 year old is so lost right now, you know, and, and it's just because girls can be mean, you know, and and horrible. (laughs) Yeah. She, she knows what she likes, but she, so she cried in my lap last night because the girls are going to jump her. And it's like, you know, trying to get them to just focus on what their gifts. She loves to draw. She loves to dance. She loves photography. And we got to let them be who they are and, and mold them. And you've done that. And that's, so that's why me as a forget a businesswoman, I'm looking at you as a mom and a wife and <laughs> like praises to you because I mean, doing that along with running a business and you've been doing it for a long period, this isn't something you just started and then to move their businesses. You're that woman that I look up to that's like doing the, darn, doing the darn thing. So thank you for being an example to what our girls need to be. And, and, and that's, you know, you and Beth both, you know, I, I talked about how our, our businesses come from a problem or a need or, you know, being able to do the things and parent and, and be a wife as we need. And, and so as we see fit, you know, yeah, it's easier to get a job. It's very easy yeah. to get a job, but yeah. to create a business based on what you need, what your family needs and who you are, it is, it's not easy, but it is it is powerful. It is rewarding and it gives you peace like nothing else. And so just looking yeah. at how you have created your own system and, and your own world for you and your family. I don't know. It gives me. The Let me tell you something, Anika, about what you're going through with your daughter. I've been there with both my daughters because they always thought very differently than most people, even here in our culture in the South, deep, deep, deep South, you know, but, um, I know that's something that served to us well as parents because people ask all the time, you know, how did that happen? Both girls, entrepreneurs, blah, blah, blah. One of the things that we did was when we saw that their interests were different, even when teachers and counselors were saying she could be a doctor, she could be a lawyer, look at her science scores, her IQ is this and that. We were still keen on what they just naturally love to do and what their attitude was. And so let me tell you one thing that we learned to do early, 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 like 13th birthday, because they both were starting to show signs of things that they were interested in. We couldn't see those examples here. So guess what? Family vacation was where that example was that she could see that person. It was going to bridal shops throughout the nation. It was, I remember um, my daughter for her 13th birthday, she got, um, a KitchenAid mixer <laughs> and Ooh, for, yeah. her 16th, for her 16th birthday she just wanted to go and see the ATM the cupcake ATM at Sprinkles and so we packed up and that was 16th birthday you know so for your daughter if um and it's pressure lord knows I know it is my girls went through it and now they mentor other girls who um feel that they just have a little something different about their life they mentor them teach them how to stay true to what it is that they need to create so that they have their own space where they can be comfortable, their own space where they can thrive and where it's okay to be in your genius. 
And so, you know, pluck your baby out of whatever situation you need to and let her see what it is that she desires to do and to be. Amen. Yes. Yes. And, and, and that's why, you know, it just spoke to me. So um, I'm, I'm going to get off my soapbox because I could do this all day with you. Because um, <laughs> that's the thing, you know, and, and, and as women and as moms and as entrepreneurs, the, the thing is, you know, constantly trying to figure out how to speak to this generation. You know, that's, that's the thing. And, and, and not even just our own kids, but the kids that are affecting our kids, the kids that don't have us in their home. That's, that's the key is trying to figure out how to reach them. So, um, so I'm always interested to hear businesses and different perspectives and Beth, you know, even with, I have a, a daughter with special needs too, that, that they tried to flunk in school and also that's why I was picking your brain and talking about different states and all. So that's why I love these panels because we, we can relate to what we do and, and, and we're all necessary. We're all needed. And that's why I always talk about comparison is that you don't have to not start a business because somebody else has a business like what you thought you were going to do. You are custom made and we all bring something different to the table. We complement each other and we need each other and we can all thrive together. So um, get off my tangent and I'm going to go to, uh, Sach- okay, Sachin. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm scared to say names. So introduce yourself and your business and what it is that you do. Well, hi ladies. It's Sasheen. So you got me close. Um, can you all hear me? Okay. Okay. So I'm Sasheen Mobley. Thanks for um, the opportunity to speak to you all. My journey is very different. My story is very different from all of yours. So this should be, it should be interesting when people hear this podcast to hear the contrast. Uh, I am a Midwestern transplant living on the East Coast who just came from the West Coast, who from there had come from an island in the middle of the Caribbean. So I'm a, I'm a girl who has wings on her feet. And I have taken that um, and gone many different directions. I was a full-time college professor up until March of this year. And um, then I have transitioned into being a part-time college professor and a full-time entrepreneur. I did not grow up in an entrepreneurial household. So this journey for me has been a labor of love that started about three years ago, three and a half, four years ago with the birth of my, so my son is five. I have a little guy, five and a half years old. Um, He is the light of my world. He, like, uh, as I often like to say, he was born, there went all of my heart and half my soul. (laughs) Dropped into the little body and there, and because he's my only one. So all my heart left and he took half my soul and all of my checkbook. So (laughs) that there he, so that's what I, that's what I have. So about um, three years ago, his father and I separated and uh, I lived in Washington state at that time. And that was the beginning of a journey of trying to figure out how to navigate the system of separation and divorce on families. So my business has more, a little bit over the years, but it's called living and loving your best. And what I do is I help women who are going through divorce or transitioning from being in a committed relationship to going to now being single to get past the fear of what's happening, get focused and find a plan that actually helps them get through it. Because the systems that are set up around divorce are A, so taboo that we don't talk about it. B, so hard for women to navigate because they're, they're filled with this idea that somehow if they talk about it, again, that taboo aspect, then they're somehow bringing divorce into their life. And as I like to say, the conversation of divorce can actually be the thing that saves your marriage 
if you do it right, but if it's time, then, then do it right in the leaving. So the conversation is where I like to start with women who are thinking about it. And so my goal with my business has always been to help take some of the mystique around divorce and bring the facts to the table so that women are prepared for what's coming. Because not unlike um, uh, special needs, needs laws, divorce laws vary from county to county and state to state. And family court has got to be one of the most horrific places to spend any amount of time. And women get into that system and they are chewed up and they are spit out. And lawyers can only do so much. And so I found that a lot of women contacted me, women who I would never expect to contact me <laughs> behind the scenes. And they would contact me and say, you seem to be navigating this. How are you doing it? And I'd go, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, first of all. Let me just be real about that. But also a lot of trying to understand what's actually at stake in the system that you're going to exist in. Because it doesn't really matter what, what county you're in. Family court is family court. It's all about trying to figure out how to do the best thing for the family that's falling apart. So I come in, my job is, I call, I, I'm writing a book right now called The Divorce Session. And the goal is to help women understand that there are some hard things that are going to happen, but you don't need to be afraid. You need to be empowered. So I am a divorce empowerment coach. That's my title. That's the title I give myself. And my whole job is reminding women and men if they choose to, but so far no men. <laughs> Oddly enough, so far no men, though men seem fiercely supportive. None of them have asked to work with me yet, but just you know, women who um, are at the beginning stages, or even in the middle of divorce, sometimes are floundering, and I throw them a lifeline. You know, I sit them down and I say, before you start thinking about what am I gonna, what am I gonna, let's take stock of what you've got, what you need, how you're gonna get to where you're gonna get to, and what resources are at your disposal. And by giving them a plan that they can step by step by step through, it begins to take some of the bite out of a process that's long and protracted. You know, especially when there are kids involved. Hell, when there are pets involved, it's long and protracted. You'd be surprised. People will fight over those pets like they are children. <laughs> so, so I just have to remind them, you know, um, I wrote this pamphlet called The Six Hard Truths About Divorce. And one of the hard truths I like to point out to people is it's personal. It's all personal. But here's the rub about divorce. It's personal to you. It's personal to the judge. It's personal to your attorney. It's personal to your upcoming ex. It's personal to the kids. It's personal to the dog. It's all personal. So if you don't advocate for your own perspective and own the fact that it's personal and it hurts, then you're setting yourself up every single time you walk into the courtroom to be sucker punched by the wave of that personal, that feeling like it's all personal against you. It's personal for everybody. You just got to own that and be able to move through it. So that started because I was going through a divorce in a very small conservative county in the middle of Washington state. When I say I come from Washington, people like to go, oh, you lived in Seattle. No, 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 <laughs> I did not. I lived in the high desert. I lived in the foothills of the Cascade Mountains. Um, and I married a man who uh, at the time he worked in Seattle. I worked in the little town that we lived in. We got married, we had one child and then we, and we, then we parted. And what I understood, um, going through the process was that divorces are not fair. So if you walk into it thinking that this is going to be a fair process, you're already going to lose. It's never going to be fair because the reality is what you think is fair and what the court thinks is fair are usually not the same thing. And that's what I mean by it's not always fair. And trying to get women to understand that what you want to be fair 
may not be legal, first of all. <laughs> but second of all, it also may only be fair from your perspective. But there is another perspective the courts are always going to listen to, and that is the perspective of your ex and the perspective of the children. And so when we get past this idea that this is not fair and that this is not what, how I want things to go, then we can start to craft a plan to get through the moments that are going to just be tough. So my job is to get women from A to B. I always like to say the best client that I ever see is the one that calls up and says, it's done and thank you. And I never hear from them again because I've done my job, which is to get from fear to focus, from focus to the next step. That's my job is to get them there. And of, of course, you know, and try to have a little fun in the process, which everyone's like, well, divorce is not fun, but no, divorce is fine. Divorce is just a process that you happen to be going through and it can be painful and it can be not painful. Some days it's more painful than others, but if you can't find the fun in the process, then you're not actually creating the life after divorce because there is a life after this is over. And that's what you're trying to get to. The whole purpose of going through the process is to get the good stuff. So start giving yourself some of the good stuff before you get there and then getting there won't be so hard. So I encourage them to self-care and I encourage them to take, take breaks and to check out and go mindlessly watch some TV and, and all this, that, and the other. But my job is, is really, I'm a mindset energy divorce coach. I'm gonna get your mind right to get you through the hard stuff give you the tools to move on and then one day i'm going to say bye-bye it's time for you to go and live the new life that you decided that you wanted the day you said i want a divorce and that's that's kind of who i am and what i do different road i was like listening to all of you going yeah that's not my business <laughs> i am not a serial entrepreneur i've worked a job most of my life i'm raising a single a, a, a little boy age five single mom only been in new york for two and a half years and I love it here, but who knows if this is where we'll stay because, you know, I got wings on my feet and I'm teaching him to have wings on his feet to know that the world is his oyster. But what I wanted to him to see in his mother was, though we might struggle sometimes, especially in the beginning when he was little, uh, which he won't remember, but though we may struggle sometimes, we're going to get the things that we want. And we're going to get there, not just by deciding that the easy way out is the best way to go because the easy way is actually the hard way in the long run. And that's what I'm really trying to teach him through running my own business is that the easy way out is actually hard because you can't get freedom the easy way. It's just not possible. So for the, for, as I was saying, sometimes the conversation about divorce actually leads to an understanding of a, a recommitment to the marriage. Cause I point out it's, it's, it might seem easier <laughs> to file for divorce, but let me ask you, what do you want? What is it that you really want? Do you want, are you not in love with this person or are you not in love with the way your life is going right now with this person? And are you willing to do some hard work to rekindle that or are you ready to walk away? And, do you and so sometimes yourself? just, I'm sorry. And do you love yourself? Yes. Yeah, I'm, just, you know. I'm, I'm divorced. So <laughs> you, you, you sitting here, yes. you, you're sitting here speaking the, a language that, <laughs> that that resonates with so many because um a lot of a lot of women fear divorce a lot of women stay because of fear of divorce a lot of women are divorced a lot of single moms you know there there's you're you're talking to such a huge audience that has either not leaped needs to leap or has leaped and and still needs those services so like i'm sitting here listening to you and i'm like genius 
because um, <laughs> women need to hear this because I, I, I harped for three years over the fear of divorce, the fear of the failure of my marriage, the fear of what it, what it meant and the fear of the process. You know, I, I have 20 years in social services and I was a case manager and a correction officer and a child investigator. So I knew the systems and I knew the processes, but I also knew they weren't fair. And so I avoided, I avoided. And you have all these people who are, who are separated. And in Florida, there was no legal separation. We just didn't live together, didn't know where each other was for three years. And it was fine with me, but I needed to, to close that chapter so that I could be who I was. But then in that, that process, I realized that I seriously um, was, I needed to look in the mirror and, and find me. It had nothing to do with the divorce. We use these titles and these, these seasons in our lives to catastrophize and avoid. Oh, great word. And, yes. and, and we don't acknowledge that seasons change and it's mm -hmm. okay because yes. change causes growth. And so you are doing an amazing thing that amazing <laughs> people need and, and, and people just need to step up and not, not be afraid. And I love what you say um, about fear and, and focus. Um, golden golden so um yes and and i'm newly married and remarried and and um now i'm a military spouse and and with my divorce came a new me and and i'm way different so i mean my business came with, with my because because i finally woke up one day and saw me you know yes. the me that i needed 35 years ago <laughs> you know that took me right. all of the time to grow into and that's okay though and women have to know that that's okay. Men have to know that that's okay because they have the same fears. And so, um, you know, I'm speak your truth, girl, because it's a lot of it's a lot of people's truth. And and that's why your voice is your power because we all have a voice. And a lot of us we we mute ourselves just like on this podcast. You can mute, and so many people mute instead of just speaking what they need or asking for help or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. like, did you know that there was somebody that was a divorce coach? Or did you know that there was somebody that could help with special needs? Or do you know somebody that's been there? You know, if you didn't right. know, they're out there, you know? Right. So, um, right. so many women have contacted me. I mean, it, it sometimes it amazes me the questions they're like, but what, what will happen to my children? It's always, yeah, there's a little bit of feedback. I, I hear it too. I'm not sure if it's my, I'm trying, I'm hoping it's not me with the, with my headset on. Um, it might be earrings tapping, maybe. Yeah, that might be it. I have been looking and muting. Every, everybody's muted, so I don't know who it is, but it's just yeah. a clank it might be. It might be my earrings. Hang on. I'll solve that problem. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I was over here looking at stuff, and I'm checking. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah, hey. I'll take them out. It's the hustle and bustle of us trying to do a meeting from <laughs> everywhere, from all over the world. Right. But guess what? We're getting right. it done. Oh, sorry about that, ladies. I completely forgot about those. Um, but one of the things that women always say is, what about the children? And I say, well, first of all, let's look at the facts. And the facts are that if you're in a bad relationship in the first couple of years of your child's life, if your relationship is, is systematically bad, like it's, if it, it is bad to the point where it is impacting you, your kids are feeling that. Statistically speaking, kids are much more resilient if you divorce within the first five years of a bad relationship. It is statistically proven that it gets harder and harder, harder and harder and harder as you wait, especially if they are exposed to the continued arguing, the continued fighting, the continued stress of a bad marriage between their parents. 
that's statistically proven. I don't have to pull that one out of the air that it, there is enough child psychologists on the planet who are saying that very same thing. Like if your marriage is bad from age zero to five, it is the time to make some hard decisions. Staying because you have kids is not setting them up for success. It is setting them up for a lifetime of uh, also bad relationships. And so I, I, I like to say to women, I'm not advocating that you leave or don't leave, but if you're staying for the children, what are you feeding those children when you stay? What's the meal that you have decided to feed them about relationships? And if that meal is literally laden with toxic relationship structures, then you can rest assured that when their first divorce shows up, look in the mirror because that's where they will have learned how to be in love is from you. So give yourself the gift and give them the gift of, because again, now the statistics are also really, really clear from zero to three kids remarkably whose parents are divorced from zero to three have just as low rates of divorce as their counterparts from a happy relationship from zero to three. So if you're going to leave, you need to decide that if you're going to leave. Now that doesn't say that we can time divorce, but what it does, what I try to tell women with kids under the age of four and five, listen, who are you feeding? Don't feed your ego because you can't see your marriage ending at the expense of your children who are going to reap the benefits or the not so great benefits of, of those decisions. You know, I, I, my, my son is five. I left when my son was two. And I look at the growth from two to, two to five and I recognized in him, if I had stayed, I don't know what kind of child I would have. Would he be the same happy little boy who is not afraid of anything, who is bouncing off the walls, who is the light of my life, but also the gray in my hair? Um, you know, would he be that boy or would he be carrying with him the, my baggage from the bad relationship that I chose to stay in for the idea of family as opposed to giving him the reality of family, which are people who love him, two homes, siblings, grandkids. And so, you know, I come from, I come from the society that says divorce is a bad word. And yet 45% of marriages end in divorce, 70% of second marriages end in divorce. And let's not talk about third marriages because there are no statistics because we haven't been keeping track because we're now afraid. <laughs> we're afraid to keep track. But what I want to do is I don't care about taking the stigma out of divorce. I just want to help women get through it. I, I have a question. Um, yes. To, to actually, have you ever thought about, um, is that your tagline, fear, focus, freedom? Because it should be. And, <laughs> and I also think like you're a strategist, like that's what you do. You are, yeah. uh, and, and it's funny, both of you have talked about, you know, as you talk about your businesses, it's all about values and priorities for your clients, mm -hmm. for yourselves, really understanding that, you know, that's where I keep on going back and forth. I mean, I'm guessing that for your business, specifically, you're working with a lot of divorce lawyers, you're working with the schools, the parent coordinators and stuff for those families that um, have yet to kind of um, realize, the, you know, the, you know, their values and priorities because they're afraid. Everybody's afraid. And yes, you're right. The law has been, I have a, I had a friend in my oh. house on Sunday night and uh, you would be perfect for her. And I'm going to talk to her, <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, both, you know, listening to both of you talk about your different businesses and the passions behind it is really, you know, your, you're really empowering these business owners who, you know, often feel alone to really looking at, you know, how do they leverage their passions and how do you get them not to be stuck anymore? And, mm -hmm. you know, all that keeps on coming back to me is um, you're problem solvers. And, you know, we, we all, I think every entrepreneur in their own way is a problem solver. And, you know, my, my business is completely problem solving. That's all I do. But, <laughs> um, you know, but I think, 
you know, that's, that's what, you know, really, um, you know, it, it's so interesting because the women who are going to hire, I would take the word coach out of your vocabulary because I think you're so much more than that. You really create strategies for people right. who are scared and you really take the fear, the focus, and the freedom. I see the line, I swear. Um, because that is really what you do. And what you do is, you're, I believe, from hearing you, you're empowering these very fragile but strong people who are afraid of making a mistake to realize that on the other side of you know, the coin, which may be, interestingly enough, and I'm, and I'm really, I, I respect what you said, um, you know, immensely. The answer may not be divorce. It may be a, a, re, a recommitment to one's marriage. And, um, you know, and that is, is, you know, is, is so, is, is so honest. You know, I think, I think, and that's, and that's what I keep on seeing as I'm listening to you is like, I know so many divorce lawyers that need to know you because they need to know you. <laughs> you know, because you're like, the, you may be the step before them. You know, it's kind of like what I am to especially. Yeah. Right. I'm the need before they get to get to the lawyer, they call me, you know, um, or the business owner who isn't sure, you know, but I, um, I commend you both, but I, I guess that, I mean, are those your targets? Is that who you're working with? I mean, I could see men have it, will have it, well, will have a hard time hiring you in the beginning because, <laughs> yeah. because they think you're pro-woman. So I think that in your messaging, I think you should say you're, um, you're gender agnostic. Like you empower and help fathers and mothers. You happen to be a mother. You happen to be a female. But I think um, yeah. that's probably why, you know, you can say to a, a man, I'll meet you in a bar. We can sit down so people don't think you're talking to a co you know. But I think that's where you're a strategist and that's where the um, the analytical part of, of this mm -hmm. goes. And But I, I, think, I think what you're doing is so interesting. <laughs> It is. I even think so. And I'm happily married. So she it is, it's, it's totally interesting. And when like, I, I totally agree with Beth, when you said from fear to focus to freedom, it was like something went off the three cornerstones of my business and every business I've ever built, built as, as well as any business I've helped someone build is clarity, focus and alignment. And so when I yeah. thought about that, I thought she is a strategist. So I definitely want to ditto what she said about that and i wanted to make you laugh because you said that um it's emotional for everyone and you talked about the dog and the pets and everything and i wanted to give y'all real life funny in that i've seen so many things in louisiana doing real estate we're a community property state so y'all know how carry that can be legally and i've seen people who cannot agree on what to do with the dog i mean we've been you know, we've separated million dollar properties and, you know, uh, future assets and, and retirement funds and everything. But when it comes to that doggone cat or dog, it's like. <laughs> I tell you, I was in court in my own case one day and there was a case where literally, literally the judge is like, okay, you get the dog from Sunday through Wednesday. Yes. You get the dog from Wednesday night to Saturday night. And I was like, I can't even. <laughs> been there. Been there. I, I've been the broker on one of those for sure. <laughs> my, parents, my parents got divorced when I was very young. And I'm, om and, and I'm almost convinced that our dog was part of the... <laughs> <laughs> 
I believe it. I may call and ask. Um, well, I'm already convinced. <laughs> I, I, it's funny. My kids want a dog, and I'm like, no. And I'm just like, you're a fish. You might no, have to have them. No, we're not getting divorced. Don't worry. But I think, but it's funny. No, but I think it, you're right. It's that fear, focus, freedom. I mean, if both of us think that's a tag, you better yes. come. You, better yeah. come you need to run with that. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. I will. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I have to say my business is just getting started again. I had to, I had to stop and reboot. So you asked who my target was. Um, and I, that's actually, you're right. You nailed it, Beth. I'm looking to be the thing before you call the attorney. Yeah. And so I've started, you know, drafting letters of, of intent to attorney's offices to say, Hey, listen, you may not know that I'm out here, but here's a service that I offer. So that's exactly where I'm, I'm trying to go. And I'm trying to ramp this up really fast. So thank you for that feedback. I really appreciate it. And the last so time I, I saw you um, on Facebook, correct, Sashin? Yes, yes. You have a group there? Do you have a community I, that you're building? Not, no, I shut everything down when I did the reboot. So I'm starting literally all over again right now. Okay, all right. And then, so. Beth, while we're kind of backtracking, Beth, do you have um, a profile in a community on Facebook? I don't have a community. I have a profile. It's, you know, Beth okay. I'll be finding you both. <laughs> And I have my business, but it's funny. I'm part of so many communities, and I think mm -hmm. you know, these communities are so interesting. Like, you know, in in New York, there's Upper East Side Moms, Upper West Side Moms, special needs. If you're not on the special, um, and if you're not on Special Moms Network or the special needs Facebook groups, they are so interesting, and and it's it's great. And I think there's actually synergies for all of us to be part of each other's groups, but also to find others, because what's so important is being there part of the conversation mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. also realizing this is where the people are you know mm -hmm. and because everybody's business is so different and i wouldn't know in all honesty if a client of mine or an acquaintance of mine is having you know marital strife or their stuff unless i get to know them yeah. and i think the beauty of all of our businesses is that we're so non-confrontational that if someone feels stuck just call my friends, call. And that's really <laughs> right. how it, there's no, like, I get more people calling because they're stuck and they don't know what to do. And, and I think that's the same. And I think for where you are on Long Island, being, you know, the, the um, Nassau County and Suffolk County being these very large court areas, and there's so yeah. many groups and people have to, you can give talks at the JCCs, the churches, whatever, right. at the schools. And I think that's where there's so much um, community part you know, and, and Angela, I think the fact that you can see the trends through real estate and your own businesses and things mm -hmm. like that, you, you can pretty much sniff if a business is going to work in about 30 seconds. I do a 15 minute clarity consult and I can tell in 15 minutes. I can help. Yep. I tell them that's my superpower and it's the crazy thing, but I, because I can tell a person, you know, how to identify their niche in 15 minutes and develop their pitch. And the name is beautiful because I can tell in 15 minutes if it's gonna you know, up for snip. I don't have such yeah. a point, but you know, <laughs> I, you know, but that's the point. But you know, but that's the but I think that's really what it's all about in the sense of you know in 15 minutes, you knew like when your daughter wanted to come to New York and see that vending machine on Lexington Avenue in 59th Street. <laughs> 
I, I pass it all the time. I'm like, whatever. But to your daughter, <laughs> I'm not vending machine. What? Oh, it's ridiculous. But the but the funny part is, if you look at that space now, and it's and you can I don't know how long you've been there, but two doors down, there's a bake by Melissa, which is another cupcake place, and around the corner in Bloomingdale, right. there's there's um Butterfield Bakery, you know, Magnolia Bakery. So the point is that the beauty is is having your own niche, and I think that. Lawyers are going to have a hard time with you sending them a letter about you about what you're doing. They're going to be much better meeting you, seeing you videos because in a letter they're going to think you're a you know a hokey pokey thing. But if right. they, they hear you, right? And I think like mm -hmm. you know, in the 15 minutes, someone said, you know, what I do is I empower individuals so that they, when they're divorced, they find true freedom. Right. They're not ready for their path, and I help them find mm -hmm. you know I go fear where they're paralyzed. They can't go to free. Yeah. Them, which they never think they're gonna go you know yeah. and and with you i think your story about the real estate so many people in real estate are so undervalued because there's so much marketing and business understanding and personal dynamics and and i don't know your other businesses but it's for your children to be feel comfortable enough to, to go into these two very personal type of service-based businesses that are totally based on preference Mm -hmm. A bride, you know, I don't know if she's ever been, your daughter's ever been to Kleinfeld in New York, but, yeah. but it's, you know, there's nothing better than walking through Kleinfeld, you know, and there's With old Randy. <laughs> well, you know, but the point, when, I, when I was getting married, I bought a sample for $999. It was an $8,000 dress for $9.99. And before it, I tried on a dress that looked like a tablecloth. And my mother, I'll never forget, goes, do you want to go down the aisle looking like a tablecloth? <laughs> the moms are always, always that way. <laughs> it was right. She didn't have to say it. No, but the, but the point, she was my, my she's my stepmother. She raised me, so I was like really hated her at the moment. Um, but she's a great grandmother. We'll let it go. But the point is, I think, and with the, with the bakeries, it's so emotional. So I think that it's it, it's all of our businesses are so emotional. So I think yeah. that is something that people also forget is that there's yeah. a lot of emotion, you know, when anyone calls us. Yeah, yeah. I think that um. When you learn, and, and this is kind of why I focus on clarity, focus, and alignment is because when you start serving people from the point of, I'm not here to serve everybody, but I'm here to serve from the deepest part of my soul to the people who are my divine right clients. And when you can get to those people, then it's just the most beautiful thing, you know? Yeah, there's nothing better than telling someone, you're not ready for me. And yeah. I'm not right for you, but I'm going to yeah. find the right person. Yeah. And, yeah. and more importantly, you're not ready for this business for two and a half years. So if you don't have the clarity to realize that this might be really hard yeah. to get out, um, that's going to be, you know, that's the, that's the it's issue. It's going to be tragic. <laughs> All right. I want to pull Nikisha in. Please. Nikisha is our last presenter and she is got a business different than all of ours and we can continue our conversation after we learn more about her. And Akeisha is a new mom too. And um, yeah, so, hey, Nikisha. Hi, how are you? How are you all? Good, um, glad to have you. Thank you for having me. I would, I would like to thank everyone for allowing me to present this. Um, I, am a biz I am a business owner of Themes Decorating and Design Company. Um, 
this is a bit this is a relaunch um i started this business in 2008 um it was birthed out of my postpartum depression that i was going through um when i had my first son i was 23 years old his father was in um a, like a bar fight so to speak and he um was in a coma when i when i had him and i went through this severe postpartum depression after I had my baby I really didn't start enjoying him until he was about a year a little over a year old and um you know I I blamed myself I hated myself but um, I prayed I cried I did a whole lot of different things but what brought me out of it was my love for creating things for um making my house look better I you know I changed my house in different ways i put up different things and I painted and I pulled up floors and I put down towel and different things like that. And I was like, you know, I really love this. I really love this. And um, I realized how passionate I was about it. And I went to my aunt who would do a lot of home improvements in her home. And, you know, she's like, okay, well, let's do this. Let's do this. Um, she She's very, very great about it. So we decided we were going to do a business together. Um, we started doing the business together, um, and we were having good feedback from it. Um, started going to this church, um, and we got discouraged. Um, the pastor and them, they were using us to do things for them, and then it kind of turned on us. Um, we were we wasn't always on time for church. Um, I didn't grow I didn't grow up with my parents forced me to go to church. I just had to, you know, I chose to go to church, and um, got better over time. But, you know, we got discouraged because, you know, I was in school to be a nurse. And it was like, oh, you should do nursing. That's where the money is. You'll always have a job, this, that, and the other. And, you know, I started to take on someone else's um, idea of what I should do. Um, prior to that, like, the very first thing that I wanted to do when I was young was to never work for anybody. Um, but, you know, along as I grew up, people would always tell me, you should do this and you should do that. They were always introducing ideas of things that I should do. And I never really followed my own passion. And that was to create something of my own. I'm a creator by nature, by design. I'm a creator. I have three kids. I didn't even know I was going to have three kids. <laughs> but um, so during the relaunch, um, I found out that I was pregnant. And um ended up having that baby and you know I was getting things together um the website and you know um doing some some free events because you know if you you, you know you really love something you're passionate about it when well, you can do it for free um and you just say oh just give me donations and then you have to be okay with the fact that everybody's not really going to give you a donation so I did that and um you know the baby was getting was getting older and then started gaining weight and being extra tired and stuff again and then I was pregnant again. <laughs> so, um I ended up um, you know, pregnant and while I was pregnant I made sure that I got my LLC together and I, I got all my paperwork together and I um I would do things. I would do little events. Um, you know, being pregnant, um I did my grandmother's eighty second birthday, it was like, Hey, put something together real quick and it was like maybe not even a whole week that I had to do it and you know, I just pulled something out and just put something together. It turned out beautiful and it was like, Hey, you should do this for a living. I was like, Hey, I do <laughs> So, um it's pretty much you dream it, you dream it and we theme it. Um, I believe that everything in life has some kind of theme. Um, we we all have some type of theme. Like we always have a we always have a why. 
and you know that why can be considered a theme or we can look at it um from that perspective of a theme um and I've just been building that um building that branding um putting a lot of things out on social media and um renting i most most when I was pregnant majority of the things that I did was just buy inventory and rent my inventory out um so I can you know bring you know make people aware of who I am and it would allow me to um to have an opportunity to give back to these people later you know like you have some events coming up um where I rent to people I rent to people you know and I I'm I'm be honest I lowballed a little bit but I rent at a at a um lower cost so that um I could a lot you know I I'm I like to give back I like to give back. I'm not one that comes out and say, hey, let's do this. I I pride myself in being able to pick out um, very expensive looking things um, at a lower cost. Like I can give you, I, I literally did a wedding with an $800 budget. Of course, you know, I added a little bit more to it, but it didn't look like it was $800. And people, you know, I, I told her, I was like, don't tell nobody. She told one lady it was $800. She's like, can you do my wedding like this for $800? And I was like, I no, I can't, you know, this kind of was an introductory thing, you know, um, I had some stuff, and I added some, some things to it, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not very expensive at all, I'm, I don't, I don't believe in, in trying to take people to the cleaners, um, for a great event, or for me to come in and to flip your home or me to come in and flip your business. Um, I believe in being economical because we all want to save money. Um, um, everything is, the, the prices of everything is going up and salaries aren't. Um, the reality is everybody's not an entrepreneur and the entrepreneurs that's just starting, um, you know, we kind of struggle a little bit. Um, for, for the longest, it took me to build my confidence to relaunch, to build my my confidence was like so, so in a dump. Um, as a mother, um, I was a single mother. My son's father, you know, his family, they didn't really do anything and they weren't involved with him, which was totally fine. Um, I'm one, I grew up like that. My father um, passed away when I was five months and my father's family didn't, they didn't take a, a big interest in my life. And, you know, I learned at an early age you know, not to force yourself on someone and not to force your children on anyone. Um, and now I'm just spreading my wings and I'm hoping to soar, to soar way beyond what I'm even imagining. Um, so that's what I do. Lakeisha, can you tell everybody, because of what your business is, can you tell everybody where you're based out of? I'm based out of South Carolina but I Perfect, because I'm in Alabama. So, you know, that's why I had wrote you one day and was like, how far are you from here? And you were like, what? And I was like, but wait, wait, I might, I might need you. So, um, because I've seen your website and, you know, a creative mind is something that should never be wasted. And I hear you talk about your your story and you you hit the nail on the head on what I'm, I'm looking for because I want listeners to understand that we all have stories and we all have adversity and all of us, I don't care who you are, you got problems. And um, a lot of people hide, you know, behind their masks. And I, I don't want women to, to, to continue to hide. I want them to understand that 
that with that adversity, with those trials, there's triumph. And, you know, everything that we go through prepares us for our destiny and our purpose. And we have to put those tools in the toolbox and use them. And you've done that. You know, you talk about even with each child to, to touch on postpartum, a lot of people have it and don't even know they have it. Um, I know for me, I got blood clots in my lungs when I was two months, when my last child was two months old. And I was just telling the story last night about being told I had to quit breastfeeding him. And he was my third child. And I was like, I finally got it. I learned how to put the wrap on. You know, I didn't supplement. Like I was proud. And now I have a, something that can kill me you know, in a couple of hours and, you know, I was disregarded, disregarded. Doctors kept saying, no, no. And then all of a sudden emergency and, and it changes your perception as a woman, as a mother, you know, because now you have to figure out how to take care of yourself and at special needs for yourself. And then, you know, still provide. And at that point I had three kids. Um, so, you know, you're talking about everything that I want women to understand that, you know, we deal with a lot of things that, um, that that will throw us for a loop and sometimes we fall off and we quit and we give up and we throw in the towel because we think it's a sign but no that means that we're on the right path and the devil's getting busy and he's trying to knock us down but when our feet hit the floor and we stand up and we pick our heads up and we look up get ready and you're there and so i'm looking at how you you talk about the past but i'm looking at your future and it's bright and um so you and and I saw two of your 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 little boys. I don't know what the third one is, but you and your babies who are so cute, girl. You 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 do that because um you got this, you got it. Go ahead. Nikisha, I want to tell her. I want to give you a little encouragement because you. I hear you saying about um that you believe in giving and helping people who need help and lowering your prices and all that stuff. That, um, of course, can be detrimental to the business. But on the other hand, I say that I say that um, coming from being an extreme giver, even in my community, people all the time chime in and say, why do you give so many teachings for free? This could be a paid webinar or, you know, but um, I will give you something that myself, my daughters and a lot of the uh, businesses that I help subscribe to and it's so simple but it's fee it's free plus free plus free equals fee in how you think about what you're giving and so you don't want your business to tip over into being just a hobby you know you've got to make right. money you've got to cover costs you need to live off of this you've got to bring money home for you and your children but i do want to encourage you that when you're building a business and you're building it on purpose and you're building it on passion those things may seem very very um uh, cliche, but um, when you give in your business and you serve the way you, you are saying that you do, there's provision for you, and you just have to hang in there until you hit the provision part. Yes, thank you. I also want to add that I hope that you offer virtual or I hope you all offer virtual creativity to those who need 15 minutes or a half hour of your time right. online via Skype or whatever. They pay you, you get the money, you set up the call because your creativity yeah. and what you can do for $100, $800, whatever it may be, 
You yeah. have it. You, you're the way you see life, the way you see things. No one can understand or do because all of us are so different. The lens is so different. So, right. so if you don't have that revenue stream available, create it because yeah. what we're doing right now, uh, you know, from you know, FaceTime, Skype, Zoom, who cares? Someone can hire you for even 15 minutes and say. So I got a party this weekend. It's going to yeah. be like a superhero party and I don't know what to do and I don't know how to do it. What do you think? Or I, because you can see things in five seconds that a person who is inhibited can't. And, yeah. and, and you're so right you know, about everybody. I guarantee all of us are asked on a continual basis to give and give and give because that's who we are. We're, we're problem solvers. We're givers. But I, um, I definitely, definitely, you know, my head was, was like, is like percolating of like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, and take your postpartum, take every experience that you have as a blessing for where you've come. Because, yeah. Um, because, you know, it's your story. It's, and it's, it's you know, what, the fact that you create art from anything is you really are an artist. If it's an event, then it would, you, know, you are a creator. And that is, yeah. um, isn't it exciting? <laughs> It is. And just remember, too, just what you think is normal because it's in your wheelhouse and you can do it. I'm looking at her website. I couldn't make not one of those things, but I may desire to. So maybe if she had a membership site or a place where I could go and she could say, here's this bouquet or here's this piece of art. Let me show you how I did it and give me steps and tutorials and visuals on how to do it. People pay for those things. So there is how you transition from having to do the work and teaching what you know, which gives you passive income. Exactly. It's like party in a box or a subscription box, which I've yeah. do. There's so many different things based upon that. Look at us. We're like figuring it out. But I think, <laughs> but I think you're right. It's so, there's so much opportunity and you're right. The way all of us see things is very different, different from the way each other sees our, because yeah. Well, I just wanted to throw in, um, I was listening to you. I have no gift for any, any kind of party planning. So let me get you a number. But if you are doing, I mean, seriously, my poor child, I'm like, what kind of cake do you want? Let me figure out who I can call. Um, yeah. <laughs> but if you don't have a YouTube channel where you're offering DIY tips and you right. are tagging all those hashtags, parties, planning, kids, families, like people will follow you like crazy yeah you don't even have to give a whole lot so you don't have to give away the farm to give value you can give them here's a tip for how to make a pretty bow or here's a tip for how to make a pretty pastillage flower or here's a tip on like just little things can help a mom at home who's like I don't know how to do this but oh my gosh there's this this YouTube video and she told me how to do this in four steps and she offers a service and I could just call her and get a free consult or even a pay consult you're starting to pipeline people into your business who don't live anywhere near you. Right. Okay. Or even if it's a membership type thing and you've got a yes. table that was set and it's beautiful, how to recreate this table and, you know, $10 a month for it to come in and have a continuous flow of design ideas mm -hmm. and inspiration with how to create the look. And yes. that's where those Facebook groups come in too. He's like, yes. hey, 
you know, yeah. hi, I'm doing, uh, you know, like in, in New York, there's like bar mitzvahs are huge in New York. So it's like, yeah. I need ideas of what to do or confirmations or whatever it might be. And I think, um, you know, Pinterest is huge that way. My son's having a, a superhero party and it's, um, it's science themed and obviously it's special needs. So I'm literally going here, 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 here. And, you know, how do you, and I'm sure that if you thought about it, you'd be like, oh, have you thought of this? You know, so that's really, um, all of our lenses are so unique in how we look at things, but you're so right about the fact that people need to see you, hear you, and go in action. And feel you, yeah, yeah. Thank you all so much. That's all great information. I'm over here writing down. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you could call us if you don't write it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I also sent the link for CEO of She, which is my Facebook group for all women entrepreneurs. Um, I started it because I was getting lost in the big, big, big groups and asking questions and getting spammed all the time. So I wanted a place where women that I've talked to that I know their value can be in one spot and brainstorm and encourage each other and give each other tidbits and tips with, you know, just, just out of the kindness of our heart. And not only that, but having a place where women who think alike can get support because when you're an entrepreneur you can't just have a conversation with anybody else and them get you they really think that you're, there's something wrong with you because when i used to talk about my visions you know for about 10 years i talked about them and talked about them and everybody was like you need to you know you need to narrow your focus you need to do this you need to do this because you're trying to do too much and if i hear that one more time i'm, I'm gonna lose it because the thing about being an entrepreneur is when we get these visions and ideas who says we can't execute them? You know, who says that they don't go together? You know, and like you guys say, you, you know, you can have an event, but also have a YouTube channel and have a group and have a product and have these. And, and, and you have some people and some marketers who will tell you, don't do that. You know, you need to narrow your focus. And so my group is, is not just, you know, just for entrepreneurs. It's for women who want to start a business, who need women to talk to, who want somebody to validate their ideas. If we had that validation, I guarantee our visions and our businesses would be somewhere else if we had it sooner. Because I know for me, I didn't launch my business until 37. And you know, I'm a different woman than I was before. But the reality of it is, is that, you know, I, I was listening to, you know, story and I'm like, if I had somebody pouring into me as a teenager and a girl, who would I be today? You know, I don't, I don't regret anything and I don't take anything for granted, but I'm just saying, when we have the tools sooner, we, we become different women sooner. And women need those women in their lives. So please join my group. I also, um, for all the listeners, all the women in the podcast will be featured on Nobody Greater Inc. And um, on um, forward slash podcast, to be exact. And um, also, um, ladies, for all the podcast guests, I always ask that they um, sign up for an individual podcast to feature your business alone. Um, this week is our last week of panels. Um, I will be launching speed networking. Um, so that will be coming soon so that we can continue the panels because some people are like, I like the panels. So I'm going to start doing um, speed networking. Um, I also have my business directory, but I love connecting with you guys and, and, and just hearing your brains because mine does not work like yours. Like, like you said, Beth, and you know, we, we need that. Sometimes you guys can can come up with ideas just listen to us talking and in five seconds say something that we have sat and brainstormed over for months 
you know, and, and we do catastrophize. It becomes overwhelming. You know, we also have fear and anxiety. And although we may be coaches and we may be business owners, that fear is still there, you know, because we, we teach people how not to live by, you know, how people perceive you. But, but as a business owner, that we are our brand. And so what we teach is a little bit different for us. And that's why I built this platform because although we may teach this stuff, it doesn't mean that we don't suffer from the same things or that we don't have to intentionally implement self-care and personal development and professional development every day. I know I've been slacking on listening to my sermons and my John Gray and Priscilla Shire, but, but I did go see Lisa Bevere um, two, three weeks ago because I have to. And, and when you're pouring into the world, you got to make sure you're pouring into yourself and filling up your cup. So, um, ladies, I hope you guys stay connected. Um, I am so grateful to have you guys here. Um, as always, um, I'm going through a lot of health challenges. Um, the hospital just called me about a surgery I have to have. So um, I, I've been telling everybody, everybody in my life is telling me to stop working so much and stop doing podcasts. And for listeners, we do four podcasts per week. And just imagine we got four panelists right here. So how many women are we talking to and reaching a week? But I, I'm not able to stop because this is what gives me life and gives me joy. And so um, even in my health challenges, y'all give me joy. So thank you for being the women that y'all are to help me be the woman that I am. Thank you for thank the you. platform. This is beautiful. Thank you. And you're a beautiful yes. soul for you, doing you're this. Wonderful. Thank and you. Thank you. So all, all, much. Will, all will be good. All will be good. You know how you hold on, but then you get tired, you know? Yeah. So they told me last week I had to have surgery, and they're giving me, like, 20 days to prepare. And so now they're calling me with some, you know, the, the insurance foolishness that we go through. But the sad thing about being a woman is that although we may know how to fight battles, it doesn't mean that we want to. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to fight. But none of us do. But as somebody <laughs> said, uh, uh, fear focus freedom. I, I, yeah. suggest you, uh, right. I suggest you look at that. And How are you going to turn that around on me, Beth? That's what I feel. That's seared in our brains now. Yes, it is. I Thank know, you for you know. that. I am running with that. Listen, that is awesome. I love it. I'm a strategist. This is what it is. Everybody Me. has to focus freedom. We're just giving it to Shaheen because she made it up. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, it's crazy because um, I tell everybody, like, you know, when we're when we're natural born advocates, it's because we have to advocate for ourselves all the time. And that's something that we often don't do, you know, like the surgery, you know, and and, and divorce and all these things, like we, we push it off, we procrastinate and all that because it's easier to advocate for others than to advocate for yourself. Oh, it is extremely yeah. yes. exhausting, because but we have to, we gotta stand up. This, when a plane goes down, the oxygen goes and they want you to put it on you first so you could save others. Right. You know I've always had a problem with that? <laughs> I'm like, if my child is sitting next to me, I'm going to put it on them first. No, you put it on you so you can save your kids, silly. So go no, to no. your house and save okay, your kids. Okay, so I'm going to weigh in on this one because I used to date a pilot and he said, the problem becomes if you don't put that mask on yourself first and the oxygen thins out enough, you will pass out. And then what will you be able to do for your child? Exactly. No service to your child at all. That's no service to your child healthy. at all. That's right. You have to do it for yourself first because if you pass out and your child's yeah. there breathing, what are they going to do? Let me you tell you this story. 
I, I grew up with a mom who was a homemaker. And when I tell you, she dedicated everything to myself and my three siblings. And she would always say, you know, just everything is about y'all. When we got older, we would say, mom, it's time for you to just live for yourself, enjoy your life, make us happy, do things for yourself. My mom turned 50 and she finally, I don't know, had this thing happen where she was like, you know what? I'm going to go for my own life. And guess what happened? She passed nine months later. Mm. She died of cancer. And so it changed success for me. It changed everything about how I am as a wife, how I um, became a mom, you know, and, and just everything. I love my husband. I love my family. I love the businesses that I serve. I love my community. I work and volunteer with cancer services. I'm a CASA in the courts for kids who are separated from their families, you name it. But in all that I do, I'm careful and cognizant that if I'm not here, then I can't serve. So I have to take care of me That's so right. that I can serve on the level that I know I was meant to serve. Right. Yalabang, that said something that actually set me free from being... I, I learned to say no when she said that. She said, um, being, she's like, it's not called being selfish, it's called being selfful. She mm -hmm. said, what's in the cup is for you. What flows out of the cup is for everybody uh, else. Others. Yeah. So if you don't have a full cup, then you can't give to anybody mm -hmm. else what you don't have. So you have to take care of yourself first. So I learned to take care of myself first. I get up in the morning before my kids get up and I meditate. Mm -hmm. I pray and I I set the tone for my own day. I do affirmations and I say I am, I will, I have all these different things because I need to get my mind together. I need to get my mind together. And I have learned now to eat life, to eat for life. I, I don't, I'm, I'm moving towards a plant-based diet. I, I did that in 2016, but it took a, a big toll on me. Um, because I had, I had, I got pregnant, um, but I'm moving towards a plant-based diet. So I'm, I'm eating different. I'm being conscious of what I put into my body because it's my temple. It's my temple. And I think sometimes that we forget that our bodies are our temples and we forget to treat it as, as such. You know, I, I hear a lot of women, like I had this, I had a woman say to me, you know, gosh, I don't understand how women could, could be out there prostituting and doing all these things with their bodies. And I was like, well, maybe, you know, I don't understand how we can do that with, with the foods we eat either. And she was like, are you comparing having sex with different men to eating? And I was like, either way, you have to take care of your body. Either way, you have to take care of your temple, take care of yourself. Um... So you have to take care of yourself. Put you first because you can't do anything for your babies unless you're healthy. You know? and, you, and you will I, be. <laughs> well, I started off as a chronic illness coach because I have a lot. I have multiple diagnoses um, and I've been diagnosed all at young ages. And it's really hard to, um, for one, I had to dig myself out of that, those environments because all of those support groups and stuff, they really are, they can be really negative and depressing. And right. so for four years, I was immobile. I was in my house. First, I was paralyzed. Then I, um, I isolated a lot because I couldn't walk very well. So I hated for people to watch me and stare. Um, and so I went through a lot. And, and one day I woke up and I said, I'm still here. But, you know, 
when like last night I was in the emergency room. Um, I had blood clots before. And so whenever I go, they always think I'm drug seeking. That's first. And, you know, when you go through these things, especially doing what you do when you're in power in the world, but when you go in there and you don't feel good and people are sticking you with IVs and, and all that. And then th I've been twice now in two weeks to the emergency room and not once have I been given a Motrin or a Tylenol, much less some, some pain medicine. And, and it's a shame because my last job was a drug counselor. And, and so I, you know, I, I talk about self-care, but when you talk about disease and illness and all that, it's a different world and it's a different perspective and it is a full-time job. And um, it's just sad at the perspective. And, and even the phone call that I just got, you know, thank God I was a case manager for 20 years because they're talking about referrals and all this. And for a lot of people, they don't do and follow through with self-care because when they, they get these challenges, they don't know how to do it, so they just don't, and then they don't get the care that they need, and then we wonder why people die without being, so so it goes into all that. So I hear you guys, but it's a whole nother thing, you know, and it's a lot of people that suffer that way, and so it's just, it's, it's, it's sad to me because they overcomplicate, you know, things that don't need to be complicated that hinder our ability to care for ourselves sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So, that's that's where that came from um you know but you know you also got to muster up the courage to go ahead and, and and fight that battle like you like you said beth yeah i i was saying it, it's a shame that we have to fight those kind of battles because you know it's it's just unnecessary and some of it is just people's attitudes yep you know i just wanted to say i can't i don't have a chronic illness my father does he has Osgood-Sauter syndrome which is a degenerative bone disease and he's in pain every day He's got um, stenosis, he's got a lot of things happening in his body, he's completely lost use of one hand. So I've watched my father suffer for most of my adult life from something that got, he got while he was in Vietnam being exposed to nerve agents over there. And he has lived with it all of my adult life. And the one where my, where my get up and go comes from is the fact that at 73 years old, he walks four miles a day. And he works out an hour on his weight machine. And he said to me, when I was growing up, this body may give out, but my spirit will not. And that's all I could do was look at that and go, okay, because if he right. can't give up, then I can't. <laughs> and he's like, this body may give out, but my spirit never will. And that's what mm -hmm. you have in you, my spirit. And so I was like, okay, daddy. So when I talked to him yesterday, I was like, Daddy, what are you doing? Oh, I'm out on the porch. You know, I'm just walking on the treadmill. I'm like, how many miles are we up to now? <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, you know, I'll just keep walking till I fall over. I'm like, well, please don't fall over. <laughs> You're in Missouri and I can't come and get you. But, you know, his body is going to give out. That's the reality that we face. It's going to give out at some point. But his spirit will never give out. And that's, that's what we hold on to. So your, your kids will see you. And your spirit. Yeah. And they, and they know that you will not give up. Thank you. Thank you. Because I swear they think I'm invincible sometimes. And I'm like, there's a body here, you know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's hard too sometimes just to just to keep going sometimes. Just because, you know. But that's one of the reasons why I'm grateful for the internet. Because, you know, I'm able to still follow my dreams. You know, aside from my physical limitations. I'm still kicking because I have the ability to reach women like y'all. And that's why I say even getting up and talking to you guys, it just helps. It really helps. And I hope that I encourage other women who have disabilities, you know. I was told by Social Security that I'm too educated and too young to be disabled. 
However, I'm not well enough to do everything else. So, you know, it's, it's that, it's that place, but that's why being an entrepreneur is the perfect mold, you know, because you can, you can base it on, on what you need for your family, for your health, for you. And, and then you got to just be mindful of, of making it work for you. So Thank y'all for all of the encouragement and all of the wisdom and insight and intellect and power and beauty and all of them good words. Um, <laughs> anybody have anything to say before we sign off? Make it a good day. Oh. You're on. That's okay. Make it a good day. Have fun. Do everything that you would normally do and grab yourself a cup of coffee and relax for at least five oh, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> It was so fun. Thank you, Anika. This was so fun. It was so good. I look forward to talking this to all you. Awesome. Let's yes. keep in touch, ladies. Yes. 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 I want right. to see you copyright. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Y'all hold on. Um, I want to sign off to all the listeners. Thank you guys for tuning in to the 17th episode of Your Voice, Your Power with Anika. I am Anika Wilson, signing off for the day, and I'm sure it's a powerful one. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs>